0: We can say of Shakespeare that never has a man turned so little knowledge to such great account. T.S. Eliot. He's kind of crazy, she's a little insane. Keeping Kenny G really messes with his brain. One is divorced, the other's husband is dead. That's why it's so a messed up in the head. It's a silver linings play can. Oh yeah. yeah. Hello everybody and welcome to the Silver Linings Playcast. As far as I know, it's the only podcast that is solely devoted to talking about Silver Linings Playbook, the movie, and the Silver Linings Playbook, the book, by Matthew Quick. We are back with another episode of... uh, This is going to be kind of weird because um, I've been working on a lot of different things, so didn't really have time to do... Uh, the full fan fiction, we're going to do a couple, just, just a couple quick minutes of fan fiction, and then we're going to do, um, something different. All right, let's get started. Patrius Excelsius Solitanum maneuvered his horse up and down the ranks of his legion. He stood as the assigned Ligatus Legionaris that would finally break the barbarian horde to his right flank was the legion commander commanded by Maximus Decimus Meridius, and to his left was Hadrian's legion, one of the most revered and feared military units in Roman military history. A rider approached Maximus's legion. The horse drew close, and as it neared General Meridius, it became clear that the rider was the returning scout that they had sent with an offer to present the barbarians. The rider returned. His head did not. Maximus yelled some motivational speech to his men, but Patrius could not hear. He was too far away. A battle ensued. The Roman army was victorious, and the generals returned to camp. At Petraeus, Patrius hung his sword and his pauldrons for the final time. He was going home. On his way out, Patrius bid farewell to his fellow officers, Maximus and Hadrian. They all exchanged pleasantries and vowed to meet up in Elysium one day. Patrius was certain that after such a great military victory, his fellow generals would be lauded as heroes upon their return, and he smiled as he rode out of camp, proud to have served with men who would surely do great things for Rome. It was a two-week journey from Germania back to Patrius' farm on the outskirts of Rome proper. Upon his return, Patrius was greeted by his wife Tiffinus, who proceeded to offer him his customary post-war coitus and then prepared his favorite meal of boar and dormouse. What will the house do now that you have returned? Asked Tiffanyus. I think I shall open a restaurant, said Patrius. All right, and that uh, that's it for the um, fan fiction portion. I think that was sort of like fan flash fiction portion. Uh, now, just because I wanted a little more content, we can't have a three-minute episode. I know we used to. Um, that's So here's the exciting thing. Uh, we're about to get her for a sponsor. We don't have the ad copy this week, but uh, we're getting ready for next week. So that, the good news is that means um, well, we're going to be sponsored. The bad news is that means I can't basically sign on just to say, hey, we're not doing a podcast this week. We have to do A podcast every week. So we're going to do some content. And right now, um, I basically took a public domain play. And I sort of tailored it to the Silver Linings Playbook Extended Universe. I'm not going to tell you which play it is, though. So you're going to have to figure out. And also, I'm not sure if I can do all the voices. I'm so tired and I can barely read right now. Anyway, let's get started. Act one prologue two households both alike in dignity in fair verona where we lay our scene from ancient grudge break to new mutiny where civil blood makes civil hands unclean from forth the fatal loins of these two foes a pair of star-crossed lovers take their life whose misadventures pietus unthrows, pietus unthrow, overthrows, do with their death bury their parents' strife. The fearful passage of their death marked love, and the continence of their parents' rage, which but their children's end naught could remove, is now the two hours traffic of our stage, the which, if you with patient ears attend, What here shall miss, our toil shall strive to mend. Scene one, Verona, a public place. Enter Randy and Ricky of the House of Maxwell, armed with swords and bucklers. Ricky, oh my word, we'll not carry coals? No, for then we shall be the coilers. I mean we on we in the coiler will draw. Aye, while you live, draw your neck out of the coiler. I strike quick being moved. But thou art not quick moved to strike. A dog of the house of Solitano moves me. To move is to stir, and to be valiant is to stand. Therefore, if thou art moved, and thou run'st away, a dog of the house shall move me to stand, I will take the wall of man or maids of Solitano. That shows thee a weak slave, for the weakest goes to the wall. True. And therefore women, being the weaker vessels, are ever thrust to the wall. Therefore I will push Solitano's men from the wall and thrust his maids to the wall. The quarrel is between our masters, and us, their men, "'Tis all, one, I will show myself a tyrant. "'When I have fought with these men, "'I will be cruel with the maids, "'and cut off their heads.' "'The heads of maids? ay, the heads of maids, "'or their maiden heads, "'take it in what sense thou will. That must take it to the sense that it feels. "'Me, they shall feel, "'while I am able to stand. "'And tis no, I am a pretty piece of flesh. "'Tis, well, thou art not fish.' If thou hadst thou, thou hadst be poor John. Draw thy fool. Here comes two of the house of the Solitanos. My naked weapon is out. Quarrel, I will back thee. How? Turn thy back and run. Fear me not. No, marry, I fear thee. Let us take the laws of our side. Let them begin. I will frown as I pass by and let them take it as they list. Nay, as they dare, I will bite my thumb at them, which is a disgrace to them, if they bear it. Enter Abraham and Jake. Do you bite your thumb at us, sir? I do bite my thumb, sir. Do you bite your thumb at us, sir? Is the law on our side if I say a eh? No. No, sir, I do not bite my thumb at you, sir, but I bite my thumb, sir. Do you quarrel, sir? Quarrel, sir? No, sir. If you do, sir, I am for you. I serve as good a man as you. No better? Well, sir, say better, here comes one of my master's kinsmen. Yes, better, sir. You lie. Draw if you be men. Ricky remembers thy swashing blows. They fight. Enter Danny. Part fools. Put up your swords. You know not what you do. Beats down their swords. Enters Doc. Cliff Patel. What art? Thou drawn amongst these heartless hinds? Turn thee, Danny, look upon thy death. I do, but keep the pace, Put up thy sword, Or manage it to part of these men with me. What? Drawn and talk of peace? I hate the word, As I hate hell all solitanos and thee. Have at thee, coward. They fight. Enter several of both houses who join the fray. Then enter citizens with clubs. Clubs, bills, and partisans. Strike, beat them down. Down with the Maxwells. Down with the Salataros. Enter Maxwell in his gown and Lady Maxwell. What noise is this? Give me my long sword, ho. A cratch a crutch why call you for a sword my sword i say old solitano is come and the flourishes of his blade in spite of me into solitano and lady solitano thou villain maxwell hold me not let me go thou shalt not stir a foot to seek a foe into prince With attendance. Rebellious subjects. Enemies to peace. Profaners of this neighborhood's stained steel. Will they not hear? What ho? You men. You beasts. That quench the fires. Of your pernicious rage. With purple fountains. Issuing from your veins. On pain of torture. From those bloody hands. Throw your mistempered weapons to the ground and hear the sentence of your moved prince. Three civil bras bred of an every word by thee, old Maxwell and Salatano have thrice disturbed the quiet of the streets and made Verona's ancient citizens cast by their grave besiement ornaments To wield old partisans in hands as old cankered with the peace. To part with the cankered hate. If ever you disturb our streets. Your lives shall pay the forfeit of the peace. For this time all the rest depart away. You, Maxwell, shall go along with me. And Solitano come you this afternoon. To know our further pleasures in this case. To old free town, our common judgment place. Once more, on pain of death, all men depart. Exit all but Salatano, Lady Salatano, and Daniel. Who set this ancient quarrel new abroach? Speak, nephew, were you by when it began? Here were the servants of your adversary. And yours, close fighting era, I did approach. I drew to part them in the instant came, The fiery Dr. Cliff Patel with his sword prepared, Which, as he breathed defiance to my ears, He swung about with his head and cut the winds, Who nothing hurt withal hissed him in his scorn. While we were interchanging thrusts and blows, Came more and more fought on part and part, till the prince came, who parted either part. Oh, where is Pat? Saw you him to-day? Right glad I'm he was not at this fray. Madame, an hour before the worshipped sun, peered forth and the golden window of the east, a troubled mind drive me to walk abroad, where, underneath the grove of sycamore, That westward rooteth from the city's side, So early walking did I see your son. Towards him I made, but he was ware of me, And stole into the cover of the wood. I measured his affections by my own, That most are bruised when they're most alone. Pursued my humour, not pursuing his, and gladly shunned who gladly fled from me. Many a morning he there been seen, With tears augmenting the fresh morning dew, Adding to clouds more clouds with this deep sigh, But also soon, and as all the cheering sun Should in the furthest east begin to draw, the shady curtains from Aurora's bed away from the light steals home, my heavy son. And private in his chambers pens himself. Shut up his window, locks far daylight out, and makes himself an artificial night, Black and portentous must his humor prove unless good counsel may the cause remove. My noble uncle, do you know the cause? I neither know it nor can learn of him. Have you importuned him by any means? Both by myself and many other friends, but he is his own affections counselor, is to himself, I will not say how true, but to himself so secret and so close so far from sounding and discovery, as is the bud bit with the envious worm, ere he can spread his sweet leaves to the air, or dedicate his beauty to the sun, could we but learn from whence his sorrows grow, we would as willingly give cure as no. Enter Pat. See where he comes, so please you step aside. I'll know his grievance or be much denied. I would thou wert so happy by the stay to hear true shrift come, madam, let's away. Exit Solitano and Lady Solitano. Good morrow, cousin. Is the day so young? But, new strike nine, ay, me, sad hours seem long, was that my father that went hence so fast, It was what sadness lengthens Pat's hour, not having that which, having makes them short in love, out of love, out of her favour, where I'm in love, alas. That love so gentle in his view Should be so tyrannous and rough in proof. Alas, the love whose view is muffled still Should without eyes see pathways to his will. Where shall we dine, O me, what fray was here? Yet tell me not, for I have heard it all. Here's much to do with hate, but more with love. Why then, O oh bawling love, O oh loving hate, O oh anything, of nothing first crate, O oh heavy lightness, serious vanity, misshapen chaos of well seeming forms, feathers of lead, bright smoke, cold fire, sick health, still waking sleep that is not what it is. This love feel, I need to feel no love in it is. Dost thou not laugh? No, cause I rather weep. Good heart, at what? At any good heart. Oppression. Why, such as love's transgressions, Griefs of mine own lie heavy in my breast, Which thou wilt propagate to have its breast. With more of thine, this love that thou hast shown Doth add more grief to too much of my own. Love is a smoke raised with the fumes of sighs, Being purged, a fire sprinkled in lovers' eyes, Being vexed, a sea nourished with lovers' tears. What is it else, a madness most discreet, A choking gall? And a preserving sweet. Farewell, my cause. Soft. I will go. And if you leave me so, You do me wrong. Tut, I have lost myself. I'm not here. This is not bad. He's somewhere. Tell me in sadness, Who is that you love? What shall I groan and tell thee? Groan? Why, no, but sadly tell me who. Bid a sick man in sadness make his will. Ah, word ill urged to one that is so ill. In sadness, cousin, I do love a woman. I aim so near what I supposed you loved. A right good mark man, and she fair I love. A right fair mark, fair cause is soonest hit. Well, in that hit you miss, She'll not be hit with Cupid's arrow. Her- she hath dine's wit, And in the strong proof of chastity will armed. From love's weak, childish bow She lives unharmed. She will not stay the siege of loving terms, Nor bide the encounter of assailing eyes, Nor, O oh, per lap to saint seducing gold, Oh, she is rich in beauty, only Poor. That when she dies, the beauty dies her store. Then she hath sworn, that she will still live chaste. She hath, and in that sparing makes huge waste, For beauty starved with her severity, Cuts beauty off from all of posterity. She is too fair, too wise, wisely too fair, To merit bliss by making me despair. She hath forsworn to love, and in that vow, do I live dead, that live to tell it now? Be ruled by me, forget to think of her. Oh, teach me how I shall forget to think. Oh, by giving liberty unto thine eyes, examine other beauty. Tis the way. To call her exquisite in a question more, These happy masks that kiss fair ladies' brows. Being black put us in mind, they hide their fair, He that is struck and blind cannot forget. The precious treasure of his eyesight lost, Show me a mistress that is passing fair, What doth her beauty serve but as a note, Where I may read who passed that passing fair farewell thou canst teach me to forget i'll pay the doctrine or else die in debt exit all right that was ridiculous uh next week we will come back with an actual episode uh that was much more better than this one and i'll be able to say things more clearly than much more better Anytime. Uh, Anyway, thank you for tuning in uh, to this the Silver Linings Playcast. I'm your host, Jamie Ward. Uh, We will see you next time. We will see you down the road and excelsior. He's kind of crazy, she's a little insane, keeping Kenny G really messes with his brain. One is divorced, the other's husband is dead, that's why it's so oh, a messed up in the head. It's a Silver Linings play cast. Oh yeah.